0: Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm your host, Youngmi Mayer.
1: And I'm your other host, Brian Park.
0: And we are living in the time of Corona, which everyone knows.
1: It's a little different though, because we're in May now, which means we're living in the time of Corona during Asian Pacific American Heritage Month.
0: Yes. Let's go. Let's go. I'm Asian and I grew up in the Pacific. So, it's it's uh, this month is about me, Brian, is what I'm trying to say.
1: You are the most Asian Pacific American. So uh, you Congratulations. Don't exist, I think. Congratulations you. young me.
0: Thank you. I want to shout out, you know what I want to shout out? The Pacific Islander heritage part of that because having being someone that grew up in Saipan, I feel like a lot of people that grow up in the Pacific Islands are forgotten.
1: I believe it. Yeah. I forget and about I, feel, I forget about them and I'm Asian <laughs> and how dare as an you? Asian yeah. person I feel like we're forgotten too. No one knows yeah. that, no no one remembers that May is Asian Asian Heritage Month and it's kind yeah. of a it's kind of a I downer. Didn't remember. Right, I barely it's remember. It's a downer. It's a downer that corona is happening now. Yeah. So 2020 it's just Asian Asian Heritage Month is not meant to pop off into the zeitgeist quite yet (laughs) this year no one
0: remembers people kind of mention it and we're like oh right okay cool (laughs) 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 and anyway it's not obviously it's pacific islander is not part of my actual ethnic background but growing up in saipan i just want to shout out chamorros yeah shout out chamorros chamorros who are the native inhabitants of that chain of islands food is fucking fire I made some finadenny sauce the other night which is a condiment, a chamorro condiment. It was fucking fire. We did not forget about you. <laughs> <laughs> <And> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you are if you are if you are chamorro and you listen to this podcast, yes. Um we we'll just make you a third host automatically yeah, just,
0: we'll send you a microphone <laughs>
1: and you'll be our <laughs> we third wanna hear host.
0: your yeah we want to hear your opinions and your thoughts
1: basically and we also um, want to give a shout out to all of you guys our listeners because we just reached 200 reviews on iTunes which is super yeah. awesome uh, so thank you so much for those of you guys who've left a review recently and if you have but if you haven't already, uh leave us a review on itunes because it really helps us grow our reach and uh, grow our platform and we just love yeah. hearing from you especially and in you the form of a review
0: right please leave us a review on itunes right now you can just pause it and then come back we won't we won't even know um we had a lot of exciting things in the works before quarantine but it's gonna happen after quarantine so thank you so much for sticking with us we love you so much thank you for sliding into my dms all the single moms
1: Oh, you got a lot of single moms sliding into your DMs. Yeah,
0: single single Asian moms talking about how they're having sex with twenty four year old skateboarders, and they're like, "You're the voice of (laughs) our demographic." I'm like, I I am tweeting just for you, ladies. That's awesome. Anyway, that's please yeah review. Write in review. You're like, that's a little Brian. little
1: sidetrack. <laughs> that's sidetracked there. <laughs>
0: I'm getting way too distracted now. I have to focus. <laughs> um, and then, like, so, this one mom, I just want to say this really quick. It was funny. She was like sending me pictures of all these guys that she was hooking up with. I was like, damn. Whoa.
1: What? That's a lot of detail.
0: I know. I was like, I don't know who you are. But you know what? I told her, I was like, I feel like we're blood sisters. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I feel like she was just (laughs) trying to legitimize uh, her claims because she didn't want you to think that she was a poser. So she sent you all the photos because she's about that life.
0: She is. She yeah. She wanted to like prove like I'm the Godfather. You know. Right. I look. Look at all these men that Mm. I murdered. Look at all these men. Look. Um, Look how their
1: boxers are hanging out above their waistband. These are true (laughs) 24-year-old skaters.
0: She, uh, honestly, she was sending me these pictures and I was like, oh my God, these guys are so hot. I kept sending her the crown emoji. Like, <laughs> you dro- you dropped this queen. <laughs> She's crushing it. I think she lives in like Seattle or something. If you're in Seattle and you're 24 years old and ride a skateboard, it, you're going to run into her is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay, Brian, how are you feeling?
1: So... Since we recorded last week, a few things have happened, but I feel good. Okay. Yeah. Overall, net positive. Like, uh, last week I said I was on the mend. Now, mm-hmm. I'm in a very good headspace. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. But I'm I'm just going to break down what what I've done in this past week because I think it's mm-hmm. a way to track just my, my emotional course and... Yeah. <laughs> So at the beginning of last week, so at the beginning of the week, I I don't know, it was all of a sudden, I just convinced myself that maybe I don't want to do entertainment or do a creative pursuit anymore. Okay. Uh, Yeah. And so there was a full 48 hours where Mm -hmm. I'm probably describing a form of bipolar disorder (laughs) the way I'm... Just going to describe how these events unfolded, but mm-hmm. um, there was a full 48 hours where I told myself, I was like, you know what I'm gonna go back to medical school. I'm gonna okay. go back to medical school I'm gonna become a psychiatrist this, wow. is, this is a way to fuse a lot of the things that I've I'm interested in while also um, kind of off like m- mitigating the risk that comes with a career in entertainment or a career in the arts. And so Uh I fully convinced myself that I was like, you know what? I think I can live a happy life if I can be a psychiatrist and just have a family. And I'm not going to let my age be dissuade me from going to medical school. So Mm -hmm. because I'm going to become four, hopefully I'll turn 40 in one way on one shape or form. But by the time I'm 40, Mm -hmm. maybe I'll be a doctor. And so I called I called the Columbia admissions office and they wow. and they have a program where it's for people who are looking to change their careers. So it's like a pre medical uh-huh. program. If you do well in it, then it, it's very, it's highly, it could be possible and highly likely that you'll get admitted into a New York medical school if you do well in this program. Okay. And so I set up an interview. I spoke to them and I was like, listen, I was going to be a doctor. And then I kind of changed routes and I did, stand-up comedy and comedy for a while and I'm gonna now i want I'm kind of interested in becoming a doctor and the admissions <laughs> off and the admissions office straight up was like um yeah like the guy who I was talking to I think he was pretty junior mm-hmm. he was like yeah uh I'm gonna need to like deliberate with the uh, other admissions officers because I don't really know what wh- if you're a good fit because you like what? Uh, this program is geared to people who have done no medicine, like who have no mm-hmm. medical experience. Yeah. And I have a lot of medical experience. Oh, and, so, see, and so and so they're like, you've been out of school for a while, but we don't know mm-hmm. if you'd benefit from this program. And so...
0: Mm, I see.
1: Uh, right. And so they haven't gotten back to me. But at that point, I was like, all right, well, I'm I'm proud of myself for being proactive and calling them and just seeing like what, what steps I can do. Is there anything that I can do? and uh so yeah so that happened but then Mm -hmm. i was in this good i was like in a good mood and i came across on reddit so if you go on reddit like some famous people or like industry leaders will do these uh they'll do this thing called like ask me anything where you can ask Mm -hmm. them questions and there was this really ama ama so i went on a reddit ama (laughs) Uh for this psychology professor at yale her name is Lori Santos mm. and she teaches this course called psychology and the good life at Yale. And it's the most popular class that's ever been offered like mm-hmm. that. Like, so I think it's just really, indi- it's the most popular class at Yale psychology wow. and the good life and super fucking interesting. And I just want to, I don't know. I found it very insightful and I just want to share like one piece of knowledge from it because, okay. And so someone asked her, she was like, Hey, what is the most What's like the best insight that you've received? Mm -hmm. Like what's one piece of advice? And so she said, if she had to pick one piece of advice, she said the most important insight comes from the fact that we can control our reactions to the bad situations in life. Mm. And she offered this parable and she said it's from like Buddhist tradition. And Mm -hmm. she said it goes something like this. Buddha asks his followers if it's bad to get hit with an arrow when you're walking down Mm -hmm. the street. And mm-hmm. all of his followers were like, yeah, of course, that fucking sucks. I got hit mm-hmm. with an arrow, and then, <laughs> and then, Bu- and then Buddha asks, the and then Buddha asks, is it worse to get hit with a second arrow, young me? Do you think it's worse to get hit with a second arrow after you've been hit by a first arrow?
0: Huh? Mm, I would say no. I would say like the initial shock of the first. Arrow is probably just way worse. By the time the second one happens, I'm like, Well, I already I've already done this.
1: (laughs) That's really interesting and insightful that you say that because um well, because the whole point of this parable is like all the followers Mm -hmm. say it's worse to get hit with two arrows. That would suck more. Mm -hmm. But then Buddha Mm -hmm. goes to explain that like the first arrow is out of your control because you're just Mm -hmm. walking on the street and you have no idea you're gonna get hit by an arrow. And mm-hmm. that first arrow is supposed to represent the bad stuff that happens to us in life, mm-hmm. but then the second arrow is our reaction to those bad events. So we mm. like when you get hit, hit by a second arrow. Ah, uh,
0: I see. You yeah, ha- you
1: have a choice of to be like angry, upset, like optimistic, or you can make things worse. Like that second mm-hmm. arrow is always that our reaction to the second arrow is always up to us. Right. And you so, know,
0: um, yeah.
1: Right. And so it's just that's
0: a, a interesting.
1: Yeah. And it's like a constant reminder that we have choice over our reactions to events that are out of our control.
0: Yeah. If, like I can't think of a specific incident, but I feel like I I know exactly what you're talking about, where, um, you know, there'll be just I can't think of a personal experience, but I've had that thought before where. Like let's just say somebody you know something really dramatic happens like somebody cheats on their boyfriend or whatever yeah and then the boyfriend comes home and like and like murders the other guy oh, like Jesus. the murdering is like so <laughs> 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 sorry that's so dramatic but you know what I mean like in that moment yeah. he so could you're have like just been like the first it could have just been like yeah this sucks the infidelity and that really sucks the infidelity
1: yeah, is the first arrow and then yeah, the yeah. second arrow is the murder. Yeah, that like was his reaction. That,
0: that moment, or yeah, it could have been just something like, "Oh, uh, that sucks," and I'm gonna cry a little bit. But then, right? Yeah, it could be. That's such a dramatic. <laughs> yeah, there's so many it things gets that happen in my life. Though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where I'm like, there's so many things that happened in my life where I was like, "Wow," the initial thing was bad, but it wasn't even the worst part. The reaction to it was just way worse.
1: Right. I think when you go yeah. into a negative space in the second arrow. With uh-huh. our reactions, that's where that's mm-hmm. the definition of suffering. Like when you, yeah, when you choose to sit in it, and you're kind of emotionally turmoiled and suffering as a byproduct mm-hmm. of a shitty thing that happened to you. And
0: that's interesting. So you're are you taking the like are you taking her class basically?
1: Yeah. So she offers an online. Oh, I see. Yeah. So she has an, a free online course called The Science of Well Being, which is on course uh-huh. which is on Coursera. It's a ten week course. I just finished week one. And Mm. what I found funny about it is that you have to take these surveys on like your general well-being and happiness and it's a bunch of questions and you answer them honestly and then it it calculates it and I think you're supposed to take it as a initial score and then after 10 Mm -hmm. weeks you take it again because Mm -hmm. I'm sure I'm going to learn these practices and uh, techniques to reframe my thinking in terms of like what makes me happy or like what happiness even is. But yeah. uh out of a 10, 10 being the most happy and 1 being the least happy, my authentic happiness score is a 2. <laughs> so, right. so I've got some work That's um, not true. No, I've got what? so I've got some work to do, young me.
0: Okay. However, wow. so you so that means that you're hiding cuz to me you read as like not a 2. You read to me as like a 6 or a 7. So that means you're hiding all your suffering.
1: That's really interesting that you say the hiding stuff because uh, that kind of ties into sort of this whole arc of this past week for me. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. um, I started watching this show on Hulu called Normal People. And it's a TV adaptation from uh, the really popular book by Sally Rooney called Normal People. I highly recommend to anyone who's looking for some new books to read. But that show has been fucking me up and i cry so much during (gasps) like it's emotionally taxing and emotionally draining the show wow you
0: actually cry yeah i
1: cry a lot during the show and
0: what is the show about
1: uh i don't want to give away too much it's really simple i mean it just follows it's a love story between uh, a guy and a girl and they Uh they meet in high school And it just covers the course of their, follows the course of their relationship from high school through just out of college. Okay. But it's, I don't know. It's just very, it's very resonant. It's very real. I think a lot of people have been in certain situations like that they've been in. And Mm -hmm. uh, what makes me, I think the reason why the show makes me so emotional is that (laughs) the show is filmed in a way and it's, a lot of the scenes are just the two actors. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it, it really captures, like, the intimacy that comes with being with a partner. And yeah. I, I've touched on this in previous episodes, but I think over the past year, year and a half, I've been feeling pretty lonely. And right. um, I think watching the show, it I don't know. I think it just, my, lo- my feelings of loneliness get heightened because it contrasts against the... Like the tenderness and like care mm. that the characters have for each other. Right. In the show.
0: hmm
1: Uh th- I mean that's a testament to how great the actors are, how amazing the show is produced, because it yeah. it really like you can as a viewer, you really feel how the tenderness of that relationship. And um and it makes me question if I've ever even experienced something like that to that effect even with right. my former lovers because mm. if i'm being honest with myself i think i really i hide a lot
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm like it's in the back wow. of my mind where i'm always trying to pr- always try to put my best foot forward and present like a good like yeah. a good version of myself and yeah and this show it really shows it feels like a a, a more <laughs> real representation of love between two people, relative and to other offerings in entertainment or mm-hmm. in popular media, because okay, they all they, it's it's just so candid and honest with each other, like these two people, these two actors, and mm-hmm. it makes me question, uh, confront like my feelings of loneliness and whether I've been that kind of lover to my previous partners. <laughs>
0: right so i feel like i know a lot of people and that react like you do in relationships yeah where they don't there there's like a fear there so there's like a restriction on how open you're being right right but i have to say that as somebody that i don't want to like i see that in people and i've seen it in people that i'm dating and my friends who are in relationships and for me as somebody that like fully is super open in relationships, I don't know which one is better Mm. because I feel like I'm just now maybe growing up to the point where if I am in another relationship again, I might react to it like you do.
1: Like you don't, you don't have to be full on here's every nitty gritty detail Of who I am.
0: Yeah, because until now, I've just been like fully just like open and like giving. And it's just part of my personality. I can't really restrict it. Yeah. And it's just so awful. Mm. It's so fucking awful. And I feel, you know, we're obviously both single and we're like dealing with that, what that means to each of us. But like for me, I feel like I'm reeling from the fact that I was in all these relationships where I was fully present and open and i always feel like the other person didn't do as much you Mm. know and it's not sometimes it's not even their fault you know it's like what you're saying like you're hiding in relationships you're not meaning to do that but that's just your personality and your self preservation at work right yeah and so when other people are like that in relationships i'm just it, it makes me feel just like how dare you like i i'm out here i'm like out here in the fucking street just raw getting rained on <laughs> and, you know, and like i'm just out here i'm getting fucking hurt i'm like just bearing it all and you can't do that and i feel like that really hurts me also but saying that it's, i understand that it's not really a choice like most people can't can't decide to be open or closed off you know yeah from it's just i a feel
1: yeah i feel like it's a balance and everyone's yeah tolerance or level like equilibrium is going to be different yeah so like my reaction to shows like to a show like normal people where i evaluate my previous relationships it's one that i want to turn the dial up more where right i still feel like i'm hiding and i wish i was able to express more or show show more sides of myself yeah than i had whereas for someone like you where i think your natural tendency is to you're very comfortable being in a space where you can just let your freak flag out and you don't give a yeah. fuck because that's just who uh-huh. you are. But now you kinda want to turn the dial down a little bit. Yeah. Because there's con there's pros and cons. I mean, there's yeah. pro there's pros and cons to both. Like as I, I as that. I as I've gotten older, you know and it, mm-hmm. over the course of this podcast, emotional expression was this very new and novel thing to me where I was addicted to it like a drug where I yeah. feel, if I feel anything, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it. It's on my mind. I'm going to fucking say it. Yeah. Whereas I think now after having been in that space and being comfortable with it and not having no reservations about expressing myself, I think I'm reaching this point now where I, I somewhat question, put another filter on it where I'm like, right. in this context, in this moment, is it serving me to express mm. my emotion or is it serving this other person to express my emotion and when it's serving me i'm like yeah maybe it's not maybe i don't necessarily have to it's often in times where i can recognize like there's something i don't want to do i should probably just say i don't want to fucking do it but right in this in some cases it's just better to suck it up and be like you know what i'm just going to do this thing i don't want to do because i know that you're going to derive more happiness from it than i will
0: Yeah, it's like a balance it's like you're coming from a place where all your life you didn't feel like you were allowed to say i don't want to do this i don't want to express this emotion and now there it's like the pendulum swings and you're just like i'm gonna say that whenever i don't feel like doing it but now the pendulum is swinging like coming back to the middle where you're like sometimes i can do it for other people exactly sometimes i should stand up for myself yeah and so maybe that's just how the pendulum is swinging for both of us moving forward in relationships where i'm just like i i love you Like, screaming (laughs) in the street, and I'm like, maybe okay. And then maybe I'll like it'll swing the other way too far where I'll be too closed off, and then it'll come back to the middle, and that will happen for both of us,
1: totally. So, right, yeah. So, just to cap off this week, after seeing this show, Normal People, it, it feels like so long ago that I was even having a conversation with the admissions office at Columbia because, yeah, I was so impacted and moved by this show which is uh-huh. you know all my acting training and all this comedy stuff that is like my ultimate goal is to is to be able to wow. act and be part of a work that can impact Use. people in that yeah. way and it was another it, it, it kind of set my sight like realigned my sights to my original intention where i'm like you know what like I i'm gonna see. i gotta i you know what i'm gonna focus on my acting right now because the other shit, they were just probably distractions from these unresolved emotions that I didn't know what to do with, and I just felt at a loss. But yes, I, Ryan, I know, yes. I know, I know what I want. So I back
0: think, to the dark side.
1: Well, I know that I think the compromise I'm trying to make with myself is, yeah, age is a consideration that is at the forefront of my mind now. Where mm-hmm. I know I want a family at some point. I'm 30. Mm-hmm. I'm not 21 mm-hmm. anymore. So Mm -hmm. it's a matter of using my time wisely. So I think as a compromise, I'm thinking maybe I'll set an expiry date at some point where if I'm like, let's write it down somewhere so it becomes concrete. If I'm not at this certain point in my career by this certain age, let's just walk away from it, do a shift, start a new chapter of my life and that way I won't have any regrets as long as I have it down in paper. Do you know what I mean? Like set a heart. Yeah.
0: Can I say I feel like I'm so excited that the end of your story was you coming back to the acting performance thing. Cause I was kind of sad that you were going to be like, I'm just going to become a psychologist now. <laughs> but I, I have to say when you were talking about how I'm hearing this is that when you're talking about doing the psychologist thing, you're talking about your age, being older, going to school, having, you know, turning 40 and making sure that, w- that your life is set up by then. Those sound like, um, those sound like actions that you're taking out of a place of fear right yeah you're afraid of the fact that you're gonna turn 40 and not be a successful actor you're not gonna have a backup plan like that just sounds like fear, and i feel like fear is like it's good in a way because it'll make you do things that maybe you don't want to do but like it's not the best motivate motivating factor you know like I, i would much rather have you live your life doing things because that's your dream because like you want to be an actor not because you're afraid. Mm. Of whatever of not being an act you know what i mean
1: no that wow i but <laughs> you're you're so right because it is fear is motivating it
0: yeah like yeah. i would rather have you act, take actions where the motivation is you want to look for happiness and and do what you really truly want
1: yeah and that and right now i know for a fact for me it's to act so that's why i've uh you know, yeah. I've, I've got, I'm back, I'm, ba- I'm back on that course, but it was like a very, Yay. it was a windy a road. Journey. It was a windy road full of emotional ups and downs, but that, that has been my past week. That's awesome. Yeah. So thanks for indulging me on that. Anyways, how are you feeling, young me?
0: Well, talking about having a lot to process, you know, I was thinking a lot about last week's episode. It was very difficult. I know for both of us. Yeah. And I know that we, you know, off off the podcast we were having discussions about like you were just sort of like why you know like what's the purpose of doing this and you know i did think it was a little self-indulgent but thinking back about what i was trying to say i i feel like that the episode was a little like messy like i was repeating myself a lot and just listening to it again I realized that I was really trying to process something and get my head around something, which I fully did not really understand at that point. Yeah. And now I spoke to my therapist, and I came to like a very big realization. So I wanted to discuss it. Ooh. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's it's not going to be as depressing because last week I feel like it was it felt very depressing in, in <laughs> a lot of ways. I don't know if it sounded depressing, but I think in my head I was very depressed because I was like doing something sort of unhealthy. Anyway, so I talked to my therapist and I I kind of understand what was going on with me mm-hmm. and I feel like it's really important because to discuss this because I think a lot of people are probably going through this. So specifically
1: okay. during corona? S- yes. Okay.
0: Specifically going uh like dealing with corona and just like a big traumatic event? Yeah. A time of crisis? Um, so basically, my history, mm-hmm. my personal history, my childhood, is filled with a lot of abuse, a lot of, a lot of negligent abuse, a lot of traumatic things that happened to me as a kid. Yes. And, and um, obviously, I process that in therapy a lot. And what, what would happen when I was a kid? Or, or so like last week if you listen to like me talking i'm sort of like fixated and obsessed with these shortcomings of my personality yeah you know whether it's like something i did wrong something that i can fix feeling bad about something that i did and and i kind of like intellectually understood that i wasn't a i wasn't bad like i kept saying oh i, I don't think i'm a bad person but To be honest, I thought I was a really bad person and for the last few weeks I've been sort of obsessed and fixated on the fact that I'm a terrible person and um, I just can't shake that feeling but so I feel like that stems from the fact that when I was a kid, I was living through like very traumatic things every day, you know, whether it was like negligent abuse where my parents just weren't there and I had to fend for myself. Yeah. And my reaction to that and like a lot of children's reactions is to make it my fault because if I make it my fault, number one, it means I can control it and change it. Mm. Right. Mm. So it's like, So, like, if you you think about me, if I think about me as, like, a six-year-old that was, like, left alone and didn't have any family or anything. Yeah. And, you know, I was feeling all these terrible feelings. Loneliness, abandonment, you know, and then, like, also, like, when my parents were home, I was getting, like, psychologically abused. And those are all things that were totally out of my control. But if I said, oh, it's, they're mad at me. Or this abuse is happening because I did something wrong. Mm. Like, let's say I didn't wash the dishes right. Or, you know, like I should have cleaned my room or whatever. Right. Then in my mind as a child, I could have been like, all I have to do is wash the dishes correctly. And this scary bad thing that's totally out of my control will be in my control and it will be fixed.
1: Okay. Okay
0: so you know a lot of kids you know like you hear about a lot of kids of divorce and they're always like oh is it my fault yeah and the parents are like no it's not your fault that we got divorced obviously but kids want to think that because then then all they have to do is stop being a quote unquote bad kid and then their parents will get together
1: i see so yeah with the help of therapy are you saying that the realization you made is that you have a tendency to i guess overcompensate or do that too much where you accept too much blame or too much fault
0: so i think what what's happening is as a way
1: to assert control once
0: yeah when something really big and scary is happening what starts to happen in my mind is i start to pick myself apart uh-huh. and try to fix myself or like get fixated on things that i'm doing wrong yeah in a in a weird like sort of sad <laughs> like attempt to gain control over this like out of control situation, and um a big a big huge factor in that is like this is a very specific example to me. But like when I was a kid, I was kind of like a chubby kid, and my parents were like negligent. But then they would come home every once in a while and just yell at me for being fat. Okay, and so what happened was. I developed a severe eating disorder because in my mind, as like an eight-year-old kid, I was like, if I'm just skinny, then my parents will come home and they'll be happy. That wasn't true. They just were negligent parents and they weren't going to come home anyway. And eventually when I did like lose a bunch of weight, part of me realized that and then became, that became its own like more sad realization. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's hard for... It's hard for children to be like, it's hard for an eight-year-old to just be like, man, my parents just suck. You know what I mean? Right. It's much easier for them to be like, I have to lose weight and then my parents will love me. Because then it puts the ball in your court, you know?
1: Right, right. So in this, so, so, sorry. So for our listeners, so for um, context. So last week you did this thing that it requires another person you're right you're engaging in this activity with another person that is yeah makes you feel it gives you a guilty conscious conscience so uh-huh. you your reaction to that was to just accept full blame and be like i am the i am at fault yeah. i am the bad person here and then you spiraled
0: well okay so this is i'm i'm i'm, ty- I'm gonna tie this into like me as an adult okay. but first of all like there's no there's nothing in me that's saying that i'm not at fault it's just the what the issue is is that my fixation on all my shortcomings and all my wrongdoings at a time of crisis okay so instead of instead of me being like here i am living through corona i don't know if i'm ever gonna make money again i don't know what's gonna happen to my business yeah i'm literally i have to move out of my apartment in a month i don't know what's gonna happen right and then also and then also okay i did th- i did sometimes i do things that are shitty instead of like thinking about those categories in different ways uh-huh. where i'm like oh here's so- here's something that's going on with me that i have no control over here's something that i'm doing that's good here's something that i'm doing that's bad it just becomes like uh my whole brain is just obsessed with i'm being bad i did something wrong it's all my fault i have to fix it i'm going to focus on this yeah because because that's my brain's way of like trying to control everything.
1: Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. And it's
0: like sorry if this is too like abstract, but like and also it becomes like this thing where to be honest, it's easier for me to think about the fact that, you know, I did something shitty, or it's it's easier to think for me to think about the fact that, oh, I wanna lose five pounds, so I'm gonna eat salads for three days than to think about the fact that I'm not I don't have a job anymore (laughs) do you know what I mean like and there's nothing I can really do like things that are out of control out of my control are extremely scary yeah so I would so I get like fixated on like why did I have a fight with my friend and talk shit behind her back or something
1: right 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 Um,
0: um sorry i don't know if that's too abstract there's like um but i guess it's like me just being really hard on myself oh and then and i don't want to do that because it's not really fixing anything you know what i mean yeah like it's like it's like there's like a a, like a break in reality where I, i should just be like okay i did this thing and it was bad and i i feel bad for it and i take accountability and i'm gonna move on like, that's the healthy way to deal with it instead of, like, becoming fixated and... For sure. That just being the whole thing.
1: I sometimes can... Um Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like... That's good, though. It's good that you recognize that. Because yeah, I can sometimes helpful. tell when you're in that headspace because right. you'll send me these texts where... It's spiraling. Right. So, like, as a friend, I'm there to listen and validate you and just be a sounding board for what you're going through. Uh-huh. But... I know that even if I give you the emotionally sound advice, you can read it as a as a person sending it, you could read it, but it's it's like I do this too where I I just want people to listen, but then I receive the advice, mm-hmm. but then I'm still spiraling. And so, yeah. Like it's good that you, I think it's great that you recognize this pattern that you find yourself going into or why You even jump into this space where Mm -hmm. you want to fix things. But in order to fix it, you take this blame or this fault where it's not it doesn't have to be that way. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I think I think it's I think this is a great breakthrough for you.
0: It was a great breakthrough. It also reminds me a little bit of what you were saying about the Buddhist quote. Yeah. Okay. the first arrow you fucked up. I fucked up. Everyone fucks up. From then on, the healthy thing to do is be like, I fucked up. That's okay. I'm a human being. Humans are imperfect. Yeah. I'm being soft, soft and understanding with myself. I'm moving on. But the step that I take after I fuck up is I'm a horrible human being. Right. That is incapable of being loved. I'm a bad person. Yeah. And I don't deserve anyone to love me because I'm a piece of shit. And that's my spiral. Yeah. And like, that's where the unhealthy stuff starts. The
1: second arrow for you is exactly yeah. what you said that that's the second arrow the second yeah. arrow is that's oh this is my fault <laughs> that i got hit by this like i shouldn't have even yeah. been out in public because yeah, this is I'm why just a fucking dumbass this, i'm a dumbass this is why i'm getting hit by two arrows
0: that's the that's the when i go find my boyfriend cheating and then i kill him that's like that's the i i took it too far it's not where i should have done It's not how i should have reacted like that's what i do in my head but i do it to myself i kill myself basically um right. so another th- yeah another thing i wanted to talk really quick about um In case, I don't know if this is too abstract, but like, you know, Dylan Adler, our friend who was on the podcast? Yes. The other day, he was on the street. This is, we have very similar personalities, I feel like. The other day he was on the street, he got punched in the face. Oh my God. Which is like- Unprovoked,
1: uh, just got hit in the face? Well,
0: so the story, this is what happened. This guy was glaring at him in public because, you know, assuming because he's Asian. Okay. This man was glaring at him in public. Uh So Dylan flipped him off. Oh, fuck. And and then Dylan flipped him off, and the man started punching him in the face. Jesus! And I was talking to Dylan on the phone, and he was like, "You know, honestly, it's my fault. I shouldn't have flipped him off." And I was like, "No, stop. This is exactly what I do. It's not your fault. If someone's glaring at you, trying to intimidate you in public, your human reaction is gonna flip him off or try to or ask him what his problem is. You're gonna react to that person." doing that to you and that's natural it's not your fault
1: right right and,
0: and you reacting to that is fine him punching you for reacting to that is not okay that's not your fault but um dylan was like you know i told i told dylan about the control thing i'm like you know people like us we have a background of abuse we try to um make it our fault because it's like a control it's like a control thing. Like, we want it to be like something. Cause I told Dylan, I was like, it's so much harder for you to think, oh, racism exists in the world. And at any point, I can just get punched in the face. Like, that's really hard to think about. But if you think about it, like, I shouldn't flip people off when they make me mad. Like, it, it becomes like this thing that you can control. Like, it's your fault. It was yeah. like your action. Cause but what you describe. Tra- the, yeah.
1: Like, what you're describing to me is almost maps out perfectly to the way we approach our relationships or like how we are as lovers because hearing that story of Dylan first and foremost that's fucking crazy like no one should have to go through that and he's just like he's just like the sweetest nicest guy so (laughs) um it it really hurts me that he's had to go through that but in, in some ways I feel like I'm almost this is like the hiding that I'm talking about uh-huh. In that instance, like I was thinking like, what would I have done if I was in Dylan's shoes? I am I can be almost too non-confrontational because right. if I was experiencing someone glaring at me for presumably for being Asian, especially during this like very tense time everyone's going through, you know, like I almost admire Dylan for just acting on his impulse because he's like fucking annoyed yeah. and pissed off. He's like, yeah, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. Like, fuck you. And uh-huh. my what I I, knowing myself, I probably would be of the circumstance like I would react in a way of like, God, this is so annoying. I'm so upset. Yeah. But fuck it. I'm just going to I'm not going to do anything because this guy's like a clearly an idiot. And yeah, he needs this more than I do. Like you're just a small uh-huh. person. I'm just going to fucking walk away. But I think I do that. Well, I almost th- do yeah. that too much because too and Then much. I, then I have a tendency to not express myself when it is appropriate to do that you know
0: yeah well this the thing also i think this is this is it's true for everybody because it's like we're taught as people period to take the high road and yeah. try not to react but it's kind of victim blaming bec- like where the victim is yourself you know what i mean it's mm. like how it's like basically we're living in a world now where bullies get to bully and we all have to be like he's just a bully let him do what he you know it's like right, right. how much of that can anyone take but i think it's a very specific thing for asian cultures yeah because they're always every i think that's a very big part of asian culture where they're like that guy's crazy that guy's crazy just don't react don't react and then if you do react they're like why did you react right. you, why did you react and it's like very victim blaming it's like yeah that man is that man's pushing the boundary and I'm going to react to that boundary. Those are all just natural things. If he takes it too far and hits me, that's 100% on him. Absolutely. There's no more. I'm not going to take this anymore where I'm like putting this on my shoulders. Absolutely. You know? um so that's like a big realization i had and then after talking to dylan i felt really good and he was like oh you're so right and especially the control thing because it's like you want you want to control situations but like the truth is this corona thing is not my fault and it's not anyone's fault it's just a shitty thing that happens and it's scary to be like hey it's just totally out of our control it doesn't matter if i lose 10 pounds you know it doesn't fucking matter yeah like who it doesn't matter whatever i do it's out of my hands
1: Absolutely. Um
0: and, and then I just wanted to say one I don't I don't know if this is taking too long but like I just wanted to say one one other thing that my therapist said and I think it really ties into all of this. Uh-huh. The the there's another incident that happened last week but that I like is a little personal but I was basically being very provocative and inappropriate what's <laughs> provocative <laughs> and inappropriate. i was being i was just having a very <laughs> provocative and inappropriate conversation kind of like similar to the story of the sexting person sure and i told my therapist and i felt really bad for it and she was like yeah this is this is a mistake that you made yeah you made this mistake and she was like Ugh. she was kind of like oh and i was like oh and, like, <laughs> and i was like what's wrong with me and she was like you're a human being and you're an imperfect person and that's totally fine right but this is this is the thing i was like oh my personality i don't know what it is about my personality that i'm so like pushing the line all the time yeah and she was like well i like that about you like that's the reason i like you i like that you say things that are like provocative and things that i would have never thought of and Uh i feel like sometimes when you talk i like i've just never thought of it and i like i feel like your brain there's like all these ideas that are really interesting to listen to and i was like honestly i do like that part of myself i like that i like having intense conversations and things like that yeah i like that part of you too yeah and the but the weird this is like the yin and yang thing where it's like that's also the part about myself that i really fucking hate Mm. in a weird way because now i'm like now i do fucked up shit and say fucked up shit all the time and my therapist was like you know what that's who you are as a person it, it is like double-sided yeah and and you have to you just have to love yourself for who you are and like the good parts of who you are and you have to understand that those things are tied to the quote unquote bad parts of who you are and you just have to come to peace with that
1: yeah that makes a lot of sense because I was just yeah. I was just thinking that where if you're a type of person who pushes boundaries, you will yeah. likely find yourself in scenarios or positions where, um, you know, you you could be left feeling like you're bad, or you can potentially like, it's just, there's just a lot more risk involved compared to like if you're a total, exactly. if you if you live within the confines of a square, like you're there's not going to be as much turbulence or there's not going to be as much noise happening. And so yeah. when when there is, like, a quote-unquote negative outcome from this awesome trait of yours where you are provocative, you like to push the boundaries a little. Or you take it too far. Rather than, yeah. like, spiraling and being like, fuck, like, I'm such a fucking bad person. I'm a fuck-up. It's more of an acceptance of, like, damn, that sucks, but this is who I am. I'm not going to change. Well, and, uh, yeah, that's we
0: it legend <laughs> Can't change it. I wouldn't want to change it.
1: I feel like we went through you know? a similar course in this episode where it started and then we came full full circle and now we're both back in the dark side, baby.
0: Now <laughs> Now we're just back to being exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the fucking chaotic
1: the moment uh, actors. <laughs> the moment we become fully healed and mentally sound mm. marks the end of this podcast. <laughs> yeah it's never gonna happen <laughs>
0: anyway you know what that's who i am you gotta i'm gonna take myself for who i am i'm not gonna hate it anymore
1: hey it's not so my fault this is a little aside but i'm yeah. i'm full. i'm very obsessed with this happiness professor Lori santos at yale yeah and my homework yeah. for the first week somewhat similar to what you were just saying so I took this test where it identifies like your your top four personality characteristics. Uh Uh-huh. And in your case, that would be pushing boundaries, taking risks. That's a strength of yours. So my home, my homework for this past week was to every day exercise that strength Mm -hmm. in some way, shape or form, Mm -hmm. because it's a way of solidifying that uh, connection and like building happiness of, Helping you accept who you are as a person unapologetically. Right. So for me, one of my things was like. Oh, that's great. Right. So for me, one of my things was. It's so corny, but it was like humor. So I spent one day mm. of being like, okay, I'm going to like try to make a friend laugh. And then another way of exercising is like, I'm going to write this funny Instagram. Post. Do you know what I mean? And that's just a way yeah. for me of like, oh, you know what? Like I am this who I am. I am this thing. Yeah. I think for everyone, the faster mm-hmm. you come to terms with that realization of like who you are as a person we're all imperfect we can't be good at everything yeah. it helps you come to terms with your own happiness more quickly right yeah
0: self-acceptance
1: right 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 i'm a messy bitch I'm okay <laughs> <with you>. um <sighs> man that was and
0: maybe your your self-acceptance is that you are a little bit more reserved in relationships and that's okay maybe you know like you were saying earlier
1: right um i don't
0: know maybe but or maybe you want to change that
1: i'm gonna i want i want to change i do want to change that i'm okay with that though
0: you you want to be like a korean drama like out in the street like (laughs) Like, just screaming
1: yo i want that (laughs) so bad i want that so bad (laughs) that's true love right there when it's rainy you're standing outside of your hyundai and your nose is bleeding yeah
0: I ah! <laughs> <laughs> I, Brian, I want that for you. <laughs>
1: uh, um should we, But should we should we end this podcast episode on a lighter note?
0: Yes, I have a f- I have a really funny game. We did a, a as everyone knows, we do an Instagram live at uh, 8 p.m. on Mondays every week, and it's really fun. Um but one of the games last last week we did this game called Did My Mom Say It? <laughs> or is it a title of a classic Korean movie Okay
1: so I think we have time we have time for two
0: <laughs> All right here we go Uh okay The worst thing to be is a
1: girl Oh my god
0: Is that the title of a w- <laughs> <laughs> The worst
1: thing to be is a girl
0: The worst thing to be is a girl Did my mom I say just that? I'm just
1: laughing at Just seeing a group of Korean schoolgirls in their uniforms holding hands and they're just talking to each other casually like, hey, did you see that movie The Worst Thing to Be is a Girl? And like, no, I haven't (laughs) seen it, but I heard it's really good.
0: Have a relaxing Saturday matinee viewing of The Worst Thing to Be is a Girl. Oh, that's so
1: sad. It's like a a girl going to see a movie by herself. Like, hi, I'll have one ticket for The Worst Thing to Be is a Girl. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna guess your mom said that
0: you're gonna guess my mom said that yeah drum roll please <laughs> my mom said that yeah,
1: oh my god <laughs> <laughs> what's the context for that
0: just every day she said uh, she says just that to me before w- i go I to
1: bed <laughs> <laughs> kisses me on I the wake forehead up in the
0: morning <laughs> breakfast no, and I just feel dinner
1: like
0: her stories of like growing up that was just always the the cap okay <laughs> The wheat flour that is empty stands straight up.
1: (laughs) You know, I'm only going to guess movie because (laughs) considering that your mom is the type of woman to say the worst thing to be is a girl. I don't think the same type of person to say that bluntly is going to be. Hey, young me, the worst thing to be is a girl. Oh, by the way the most the wheat the wheat wheat flour (laughs) flour
0: that is empty stands straight up that's too you're saying that's too poetic for my mom
1: i'm not saying it's too poetic but it's just i don't know it's duality right um the wait so the wheat flour that is empty stands straight up yes what the fuck is that even mean i'm gonna guess it's your mom
0: Oh, so you're switching. I'm you, I thought you said it was too poetic for my mom.
1: No, I'm being... Ca- no, it's your mom. I feel All like right. it's your mom.
0: You're joking? Okay, drum roll, please. <laughs> it's my mom. <laughs> Whoa, right. are you fucking... <laughs> I knew it <laughs> Because it mean, what it means is that if the one that is stupid, like if your head is empty, yeah. you have lots of pride and you stand straight up. So if you're smart, oh. you like... the wheat. You know, like when the wheat flour fills with wheat it starts to bend down and that's how the farmers oh. know that it's ready to be picked.
1: So when my dad tells me to stand there. straighter because my posture is bad, I got to tell him, ah, <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm so fucking smart. My brain is weighing me down.
0: My, <laughs> <laughs> my brain is too heavy.
1: <laughs> I'm too, ma- too smart, too dad. Many insights and thoughts happening up in this cranium. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay last one and i don't want to offend anyone but this is just actually something my mom said or actually in the title of a movie a small ball shot by a midget
1: a a small ball no
0: offense that's the actual a small
1: ball shot by a midget okay I, i have a clear picture of your mother now your mom is a very wise uh has a lot of insights as evidenced by the first two a small ball is shot by a midget. I don't know what the knowledge or like what that wisdom is there. So I'm going to guess that's a movie.
0: Drum roll, please. <laughs> it's it's a movie. I just thought that was the weirdest title. <laughs> I'm sorry if it's – I feel bad because I feel like that's an offensive word. But I'm just like, what what does that even mean? I'm so confused. It's a film from 1981 by the prolific Lee Wan tae Anyway, who knows what that... Let's go watch that movie and see what it's about.
1: Right. And and I know I'm going to go look at the trailer as soon as we stop recording. (laughs) All right.
0: That was the game. (laughs) Good job, Brian. You got three for three.
1: The Oscar for best sound mixing goes to... A small ball is shot by a midget. (laughs) By Lee once. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's like, hey, I I got cast in a film. No, really? What's it called? um it's called
1: (laughs) a small ball shot by a major
0: (laughs) wait what's it called brian Uh, what's the movie a a small ball shot
1: by a major (laughs) hey guys i just want to give a quick shout out to my team over at caa i wouldn't have been able to do this without you (laughs) to my mom i love you uh, i know from a young age you told me that women the worst thing to be is a woman and (laughs) You're right. I'm a man. That's why I'm accepting this Oscar.
0: I'm crushing it. <laughs> um. It's anyways, so funny. guys, thank you for listening. That was
1: it. That's our episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Young where can our listeners find you?
0: Ym Mayor on Instagram and Twitter. How about you, Brian?
1: You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at it's Brian Park and uh yeah follow
0: our podcast at feeling asian podcast
1: sing its praises share it with friends and share join us on instagram live uh at 8 p.m every 8 p.m eastern standard time every monday it's super fun all right all right bye guys
0: that's it Bye.
1: bye